Hey, welcome to the Ron Johnson Discipleship Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in once again as our goal today is to connect the Lordship of Jesus Christ to a host of issues that we're facing in our culture today. So I know you're going to really enjoy it. And I got to warn our, our audience today, I'm a little bit fired up. I got to warn you. I don't even know if I warned you yet, but I am a little bit fired up today, uh, as we should be. Um, just got back from a, a great meeting uh, earlier in the week. Yeah, yeah, the busy day yesterday. Uh, and came in the office. I was like, where's Pastor Ron? Oh, wait, he's down in <laughs> Indy. I was like, yeah, it's Organization Day down in the State House in yes. Indianapolis. Yes, Organization Day, which is where everybody gets their committee assignments and does all the kind of the yeah. preemptive stuff before they come back right. together in January. And I appreciate you with a bunch of patriots were down in the, Indianapolis basically sending a message. Yeah. It's telling people, hey, you know, this is what... Absolutely. I, yeah. I want I want to thank uh, Brad Skiles, Terry Wood, some, some of my good friends and patriots uh, for putting together what was called a day of praise, prayer, repentance, and action. And um, and it, it was a wonderful gathering for, first of all, for two hours on the steps of the, of the State House. Um, and we just began our day with, with repentance and worship and had a number of, of people that came up and identified and prayed over different areas. But, um, but repentance is a great place for us to begin, just recognizing that our nation's going the wrong direction, our state is going the wrong direction, um, and it, government's not the primary uh, solution, as we're going to get into in weeks ahead. You know, gov government's not the savior either. We really need... <clears throat> To turn our hearts back to the Lord, yeah. we need to repent personally. We need to live live better. We need to honor the Lord more. We need to follow His commandments and just and get right. our hearts right. And I love the thing of repentance because you know what? If you are, if you could be governing the United States, you need to be governed with humility. And that's what humility says. Yes. It says, I don't know it all. Yeah, we're not here to blame people, point the finger, right. you know, and first of all, yeah. let our own hearts get right. Yeah. And, that, and yeah. that's a critical place for all of us, you know, especially in the culture we're living in today. You can get angry, vindictive, finger pointing, um, blaming, and that's really a, not a good condition of our hearts. Uh, we, we really need to come with humility and we need to make sure we don't have any false idols of yeah. redemption that we're looking to to save us or rescue us. Jesus is, is the only savior. Savior, yeah. and we need to look to him. But, you know, I wanted to highlight a couple of things yeah. uh, uh, during that program. Um, we had a lady who uh, leads a group called Stand for Health Freedom and another lady, Hoosiers for Medical Liberty. And let me just say, one, one of the reasons we were down there was to, to encourage our legislatures to, to stand up and to fight for all these people that are losing their jobs. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we should be, as Hoosiers, we should be angry about this, especially in the medical community. I just, I just got word this morning that we got a whole bunch of more phone calls from folks that are having deadlines coming up, especially nurses, healthcare workers. This is the most asinine thing in the world is to fire completely healthy people who were heroes only months ago. And now we're firing them uh, for simply following the dictates of their conscience. I mean, you talk about putting people at a medical risk. Why don't we just lose half of our staff at hospitals and in other places, senior homes, uh, and expect them to operate on, on a bare bones staff. And then you tell me what makes more sense. Um, this is absolute stupidity. So I encourage you, pick up your phone, call your center, state senator, call your state representative. And say, can you please do something? I mean, one of the things I did, I, I brought all the letters that we have written for people. It's about 1,500 letters. I mean, I had to have somebody hold it up so I could hold the microphone because it was, it was more than I could hold in one arm. Uh, every one of those letters represents a person, a family. Uh, I know we just got a call from a woman who's, who's losing her, 
her job or threatening to lose her job uh, next week. She's doing a great job where she works. She's a single mom. She's supporting, I think, three or four kids. And now she's looking at being unemployed, uh, all because she's simply following the dictates of her conscience. So I just appreciated the folks that were there for Hoosiers for uh, Medical Liberty and for Standing for Health Freedom. <coughs> we had uh, another group, uh, Terry Woodley's Indiana Patriots Alliance. We had Representative John Jacob and Representative Kurt Nisley, who have been uh, just champions for life and for liberty uh, in our state um, and really fighting against our Republican establishment on a number of issues. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that. They're actually, they say they're pro-life and they're actually mean being pro-life. Yeah. Um, we have John Schroff from the John Birch Society, uh, who was there speaking as well. And of course, I, uh, I shared some things. Um, but I, I really want to transition here with, with Rhonda Miller. Uh, Rhonda Miller heads up an organization called Purple for Parents. And one of the other goals of our rally, in addition to no medical mandates, is standing up against pornography in our school libraries. And you might think, pornography? We don't have, in Indiana, we don't have pornography in our school libraries, do we? You would be absolutely surprised. And again, I, I, I applaud um, Rhonda for her courageous stand and for just, as a parent, just rising up and doing something. As she began to explore some of the things that were happening, of course, during COVID, parents got an inside view mm. uh, because of Zoom yeah. calls and, and uh, online learning sometimes got an eye-opening look at what's really being assigned. And so some, some of you watching this uh, podcast may not know, but last year there was a piece of legislation put forth that simply said these, these types of books and, and curriculum materials should not be forced upon our students as mandatory reading assignments and so forth. And Rhonda and team brought before a subcommittee uh, actual quotes from books that are being assigned across the state this material was so lewd and crude and sexually explicit uh, and pornographic that when they tried to read it on the floor of the House or on the floor of our state Senate, they were told that they were not allowed to read it because it was um, it, it violated, you know, speech uh, codes and things like that. Um, decency yeah. codes. So so here's the irony. OK, they couldn't read it at the state house in front of our representatives or senators right. because it was too crude but it's allowed to be assigned as mandatory reading in a school assignments across the state of indiana so you talk about like mentally insane how in the world could you deal with that kind of inconsistency and yet the the uh, state superintendents the state school boards um, the teachers unions all of these groups rose up in opposition against this bill um, which again, I, it just makes no sense to a parent. It makes no sense to anybody who cares about uh, decency. Uh, but, but but again, that bill was shot down. That bill was being reintroduced uh, by Rhonda and her group. And I just want to encourage you: look her up, get behind this organization as they expose a lot of this perversion uh, that's being put forth in our schools under the name uh, or under the guise of education. I mean, you're you're an educator, you know, public, former public school educator. My dad was a public school educator. I'm not. We're not here. Uh, you know, attacking public education, but you need to know what kind of perversion is being put forth under the under the guise of education. Well, I think it's just hypocrisy. Totally, I, I don't think we we understand the the level of hypocrisy. It's something that it's okay to do in public that you can't do in. Uh, it's not okay in public, but it's okay in academics. 
There, there's that school of thoughts, like in academics, right. in the world. Somehow under the guise of liberty. liberty, liberty you, you yeah. just, everything is permissible. Well, uh, you can put it under the guise of academics. I say this is my kids. And this is and this is like our future, and this is our next generation, and the, you know, this indoctrination, whatever you want to call it, you know. It's somehow viewed as censorship, but pornography does not fall under uh, free speech codes. All right, I mean, uh, we have more uh, moral values and, and moral standards that certainly apply as it relates to our children and to society as a whole. So when you have something that's so lewd and so perverted, you can't even you can't even speak of it without violating well, some law. All, all I gotta say about that is like, hey, are you also including curriculum of intelligent design? No, that's censor. That's anti-science. You can throw all kind of words in there. So well, exactly. So, sir, here's so. the point. Everybody's operating from a worldview, and it's their worldview that dictates their policy. Yeah. And if you expose the worldview, uh, then you can understand why they're pushing a certain. Well, and, and that's exactly what it is. You can talk about academic freedom. You can talk about whatever argument there is. I don't even know that much into it. But my whole thing is like, let's talk about the worldview behind it. Exactly. Let's talk about and the consequences of the worldview, which, you know, is, I mentioned intelligent design. Well, there's a worldview behind intelligent design saying, hey, we're made in the image and likeness of God. Our life is precious. We treat each other with respect and honor. That's yeah. our worldview. Like, yeah. it's not, even if you don't like someone's decision, they still have intrinsic value. That's the outflow of our worldview, right? Absolutely. So what is the outflow of these worldview of, of, of elevating sex. That's right. And, that, and that's a perfect lead in because today, you know, we've been in a series talking about um, <laughs> false forms of uh, counterfeit, uh, counterfeit redemption. redemption. And uh, so what, what are we looking to to provide answers for the problems that we have? And we told you before, <coughs> nobody is neutral. Public education cannot claim neutrality on any of its policies because it is absolutely impossible to be neutral. Everyone's worldview is behind, as you just pointed out, the agenda that's being put right. forth. So I think it's interesting. So, so we just saw what happened in, in uh, Virginia. Radical um, uh, reversal. Parents rising up and saying, we're sick and tired of this perversion that's being taught under the guise of public education. Uh, and we saw a complete reversal in, uh, in who is leading the state of, of uh, Virginia. Yeah. And, and can I just yeah. say some real quick about that? I and mean, this might be controversial, not to me, but uh, what I've heard is one of the reasons for this great reversal in Virginia is tons and organized citizens yeah. came up uh, to to call f to to be uh, responsible for election integrity during this past, last election. I mean, normal people going to booths, going to yep. different places, yep. become watchers, recording, just keeping people accountable. That this didn't happen by accident. It doesn't yep. happen by people just sitting around doing nothing. This is your no, uh, average everyday people becoming patriots to say, "Hey, we demand election integrity." Which, which reminds this. me, while you bring up election integrity, uh, you need to send a thank you note out if you're a Hoosier to our Attorney General. General Todd Rakita, who also visited the rally. Mm. And while he was there, he said that Indiana is involved in three lawsuits where they're teaming up with other attorneys general across the state, uh, across the nation, rather. Mm -hmm. But one of those things that they're fighting for is just what you said. People people realize if you cannot trust an outcome of an election, our <coughs> whole system is absolutely worthless. Absolutely. And um, and so our, our attorney general in Indiana is fighting for election integrity, yeah. also fighting against medical mandates and some of these 
these types of things. So give him a shout out and let him know how much you appreciate his leadership. Absolutely. But here we are back to worldviews. Right. Can I just jump yeah, on this real quick? You know, so we talk about different counterfeit uh, forms of redemption. We talk about, you know, uh, state. We talk about redemption through uh, uh, liberation theology, uh, ideology, yep. uh, science, and uh, yep. liberation through product and material goods. And when I was reading that book, the book we're really talking about, uh, How Much I Will Live, it talks about liberation or salvation through sex. Yep. Now, when I first read that, it was, I was just like, what? Like, who, yeah. who would... Who would think that? that, that this is crazy. No, no one would normally say, "Well, I'm going to get free. I'm going to get liberated. Or I'm going to, I'm going to receive salvation through sexual activity." Like normally, people won't say that. It doesn't make yeah. any. It doesn't even connect the dot. It's like it's like two complete separate things. Yeah. However, when you start thinking about all the ideology that's been pushed through movies and music and yeah. taught in schools, it's like, wait a second. That's exactly what they're pushing. That's exactly what the worldview yeah. is saying. But when you actually verbalize it uh, through words, you're like, that sounds ridiculous. But that's exactly what's happened in our culture today. Yeah. This was an epiphany when I read this chapter. So, so if you re reverse the tape, because yeah. here's what we believe. Ideas have consequences. And I want you to think about something <coughs> profound here. Uh, every idea at, at its core is either true or it's false. Everything that's true comes from the mind and the heart of God Almighty and from his revelation. Therefore, everything that's false comes from a demonic source, a demonic counterfeit. And and so you look at this idea, like where do we get into this, where we have a, a dear lady founding you know, this group, uh, Purple for Parents, uh, where did this have to even arise from? Like, like, why are we dealing with such incredible perversion that's being promoted in our schools today? If you rewind the tape, it goes all the way back. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of, the, of idea thinkers, you know, that promoters that all the way through history. But probably one of the biggest is is Rousseau. Rousseau believed that human beings were great, that were good, that our desires are good, that whatever since we're good, whatever we desire must be good, and that. You know, problems come from outside. In other words, it's religious people, it's the church, it's it's institutions yeah, that traditional come traditional tradition, traditional family. Tradition, that's right, family that really try to to squelch whatever our full expression as individuals is. So, so whatever you feel like doing, you know, if you're good, then whatever you feel is the right thing for you to do must be good for you. And right. so we have this radical individual. Well, let's that, just, just put a pause on that. Like, that's basically what you just described is the movie things for basically every children's movie. Oh, yeah. Cartoons oh, for yeah. the last couple of decades. You. It's like, yeah, the, 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 the institution, traditions holding you back, you yep. know. But, you know, uh, like, uh, I just need to be free and be me, you know, frozen, you know, let it go. And just, just because all the tradition, you know, and then they tell the narrative from the perspective that's very sympathetic to the character because their family institution or, or whatever happened and the, the patriarchy or the government yeah. or whatever, it's the institutions what's suppressing them, but they just need to be free. So, so, so the idea of Rousseau is very much realized in our pop culture today. Oh, so absolutely. It's the foundation of radical individualism. Yeah. Who am I to tell you how to live your yeah. life? Yep. And so then you take that over and you begin to apply it to sexuality. 
And this is why we have the, the craziness that we have in our culture. Well, hold on, even before, who am I to tell you how to live your life? Just think about that ideology and see is that a consistent ideology or lifestyle or worldview you can live out. Can you live that out in real yeah. life? Because all the people who are saying, who are you to tell me what to live? They're coming and telling the medical mandates, the, 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 <laughs> right. the soji laws, the whatever. They're telling everyone else how to live, exactly. right? Exactly. So, so it's, it's, it's no logically yeah. incoherent. Incoherent, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it is a worldview that blows up upon itself. It explodes. Right. It, it can't be lived out. You're right. exactly right. So if, if we're all basically a law unto ourselves, yeah. then what you have culturally is total anarchy and chaos. Right. And, and that's what you have sexually. And so you go all the way back and, and you take this idea of Rousseau. Of course, then you have Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud believed that most people are dealing with neur neuroses because there's guilt. And the reason that there's guilt is because people are feeling bad about how they're living their lives and how they're living their lives sexually. Yeah. And so the reason or the, the way to, to liberate people, the way to bring people into mental health <coughs> is to get rid of guilt. Well, how do you get rid of guilt? Well, you have to get rid of the cause of guilt. It's all these biblical rules and morality. And so we go back to the, that various idea. Okay, are human beings good? Are human beings evil? Yeah. Well, the Bible clearly says the human beings were created good, but now they're not good. Their heart is desperately wicked because of sin. So if you're telling people whose hearts are desperately wicked to do what's in your heart, from a biblical perspective, you're going to get wickedness is what yep. you're going to get. You're going to get evil. Right. And that's exactly what we see in our culture today. But when you redefine good and evil, which is what godless people do, you end up with, with actually doing just the opposite. Calling what is evil, the Bible says good, and calling what is good, evil. Right. Any institution to, or any voice that, I mean, by definition, any in, uh, institutional voice that tells you, hey, this is evil, or this is bad, or this is not healthy for you, by definition, they're evil because they're depressors. That's right. So now you just minimize, you destroy all those voices by, instead of considering the content of what they say or the fruit of what these voices bear, you're just simply, you're disqualifying these voices simply by your ideology. Well, and, and remember, every time someone tells you what you ought to do, mm -hmm. now we've entered the realm of ethics and morality. Yeah. And you have to ask somebody, where do you get your ought from? Yeah. In other words, who gives you the authority? What is the basis of your authority for making those claims? We all have, we all appeal to some form of authority. So here we as Christians, we, we appeal to God Almighty, thus saith the Lord. And people will say to us, well, you're trying to, you're trying to impose your viewpoint on sexuality or whatever the issue is on me. You know, who gives you the right to do that? Well, we should be saying, where are you getting your basis of authority? Yeah. And who gives you the right? to impose your morality on me. In other words, what we should be looking at is what is true and what produces the best results. And that's, that is the underpinning of this, of this particular um, podcast, is we believe that ideas have consequences, good ideas have good consequences, bad ideas have bad consequences, and you can see the fruit. <coughs> And, and you need to look at the fruit and determine what is true because truth will always produce great fruit and a lie will always produce death. Uh, and that's played out over and over again, especially as we look at sexual perversion. So this is interesting. And one of the things that Rhonda points out, which many Hoosiers may not know, you look at Indiana, we're a relatively conservative state. Who would have thought that Indiana would have been at the cutting edge of the sexual revolution in the late 50s and the 60s, and that a man by the name of Alfred Kinsey, uh, who uh, at Indiana University now is, uh, you know, immortalized uh, as a hero, as a, uh, as a scientist, as a leading researcher behind what we now call the sexual revolution. And we've got, you know, uh, 60, 80 years, what, of, uh, of fruit now, 
uh, looking at the ideas behind the sexual revolution. But but what um, Chuck Colson does in his book is he points out what a fraud and really what a pervert and what a criminal Albert Kinsey, uh, Alfred Kinsey is, because he his, his idea was basically that you find sexual liberation. Uh, through sex, or, or, or liberation, liberation through sex. Through, yeah. And his whole study was the study of the human orgasm. In other words, it, through sexual liberation and sexual expression, that's how you experience transcendence. That's how you encounter God. That's how you encounter grace. Of course, they didn't believe in the, the God so, of the Bible. So it's interesting because as we know from the scriptures, of sexual connection it is a spiritual experience it is it's People, more than a physical act. it's more more is a spiritual experience and in fact you know in the old in the heathen whatever they would have temple prostitutes as part of their worship yep. religion yep. so there is a kernel of religion there, there's a truth to that yep. saying that this is a spiritual experience yep. now but he, he simply took this spiritual experience and he magnified it and he twisted it and he, and he yep. made it his he, own he, image he separated it from biblical morality yeah and what he tried to say, and, and this was his 1948 uh, book, groundbreaking book, Sexual Behavior in the Human Male, uh, in which he took a very unrepresentative sample based on sexual offenders and other sexual deviants. But his goal was very clear. He was trying to liberate sexual behavior from any morality. In other words, this whole, you know, we hear now love equals love. Who are we to say who's to mean? have sex with who or how or whatever? Uh, love is love. I mean, all this has its roots in, in Kinsey. Can I make a, 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 a counter to that? Sex does not equal love. Oh, absolutely. It's far more <laughs> than that. Yeah. But you brought out a yeah. good point because the devil always takes a kernel of truth. Yeah. You know, God obviously is the creator of sex. He called it good. Yeah. But he provided a, a, a boundary for sex because he knew how powerful sexual expression was. And that boundary, of course, is marriage. And in the, in the boundaries of marriage, he encourages a man and a woman in a lifelong commitment, a covenant relationship to come together, not only for procreation, but, but for pleasure. The two primary purposes of sexual expression from a Christian worldview. And there is a, a, a feeling of transcendence, a, a, a feeling of incredible intimacy when a man and woman in that beautiful uh, garden called sexual intimacy uh, come together. It produces children, which are a blessing. Uh, it produces pleasure, which is a blessing. And it is blessed by God. Uh, and so what happens, though, uh, from Kinsey and others who simply say, you know, we want to be able to express our, our sexual desires without any boundaries or any sense of, of you know, ethics is basically uh, the root word for ethics refers to a stall in which a horse is put. In other words, sex is great, but you got to keep the horse in the stall. If the horse runs wild, uh, you end up having all kinds of trouble. Kinsey just wanted to get rid of the stall. And so what he was trying to do is create basically the propaganda for a sexual revolution. Yeah. He wants to normalize, normalize uh, every outside kind of, of stall. Yeah. Every kind of Whatever deviant behavior. sexual expression. Yeah. So, so with Kinsey, you find the first normalization of homosexuality, first normalization of bisexuality, and the normalization of pedophilia, sex with children by, by adults. All of these things forbidden by God and <laughs> Scripture. All of these things with clear boundaries placed around them that do not, God says, do not go into that kind of behavior. And can I just say, none of that, this behavior was new. The Bible deals with all of this. The, the, every kind of pagan, perverted, deviant culture throughout human history has embraced all of these things. The result has been an absolute destruction of that culture. Uh, so none of this is new or avant-garde. 
But Kinsey and his folks came on board trying to promote all of this under the guise of sexual research. And here's the, here's the disgusting thing. Kinsey and his, and his crew of researchers conducted research on little children as young as four months old. Well, what kind of research, Pastor, were they doing? They were manually stimulating these kids, sexually abusing these kids uh, to look for orgasms in infants and in children. I mean, what kind of pervert would do that? Uh, and yet this happened by Kinsey. This research was, was published. So basically what was happening is sexual molestation of children under the guise of science. This is still being uh, encouraged, celebrated at the Kinsey Institute right down in southern Indiana in Bloomington. Of course, Kinsey's ideas became the foundation of folks like Hugh Hefner and the whole Playboy movement um, of every kind of, of, uh, of organization that promotes basically sex without any kind of boundaries. A lot of this is now trying to be promoted in our public schools under the guise of health education, sexual education. Um, and again, this man should be should have been arrested. He should have spent life in prison. Uh, he, his research quote research should have been completely uh, you know discredited, uh, and uh, and we should have had outrage. Instead, this man is celebrated as you know one of the leading thinkers uh, of those who see the orgasm as a way uh, to achieving transcendence, uh, and who have placed zero boundaries around sexual expression. In fact, when, when you look at this man's life, and, and there's been those who have researched his life, uh, he himself was a homosexual. He was a sadomasochist. Uh, many of the things in his own sexual life were absolutely degenerate, perverted, and, and sick. Uh, and yet again, I, I, I want to highlight this. Our worldview produces fruit. The way you live and what you say you believe about reality will have absolute consequences. And if you live a lie and you give yourself over to, to demonic ideas, you end up being destroyed. Satan is a cruel taskmaster, and you end up being destroyed by whoever you submit yourself to. And we're watching the legacy of this man's perversion. Yeah. This also led, by the way, to Margaret Sanger. Some of you know Margaret Sanger. The, she, she would be, in, in, in popular culture, you know, celebrated as one of the leaders of, of birth control and feminism and all this kind of stuff. Uh, she, of course, led to the founding of Planned Parenthood, which has led to the murder of millions and millions of babies all across the world. Um, and the bloodshed and the blood guiltiness that's being built up in America alone should cause us to tremble before God that we have not received greater judgment than we have. It's just the mercy of God right now upon our nation. So you look at the fruit of the outcomes of these wicked and godless ideas, and we're dealing with we're dealing with the proliferation to this day of pornography. We're dealing with sexual trafficking. We're dealing with sexual abuse of kids. We're finding now people going publicly saying sex among <coughs> between adults and children can be a good thing. Um, we're watching kids now uh, uh, sexting on their phones, children being exposed to pornography at an earlier age. I think it's like 10 years of age, the average age. Uh, all of this leading to the breakdown of normal, healthy sexual relations between a man and a woman in marriage. So now we're having young people that don't know how to properly uh, express themselves sexually. We've had the, the nonstop promotion of homosexuality 
lesbianism uh, in our culture today. And now we're finding that because the media is trumpeting this as cool, we've gone through about 3% of the population identifying themselves as homosexual or lesbian to now about 35% of young people are having some type of sexual confusion or experimentation. I mean, this is a this is a toxic, toxic culture that's based on the lie that somehow unlimited sexual expression is a great thing and leads to hell. Is this a quote by Margaret Sanger? Uh, I believe it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah I thought, this is, yes, this is so interesting. This is what she said. Through sex, mankind may attain the great spiritual illumination, which will transform the world which would light up as the only path to an earthly paradise. We talked about the whole yeah, utopian yeah. myth, uh, the escalator myth. Yep. So this is just another entry into the whole escalator, utopian, human. Yeah, but you, uh, heard, the, way you, to, you heard the religious <coughs> language there. Yeah, I mean, the, illumination, uh, earthly paradise. Yeah. In other words, just express yourself. Have as many sexual partners as you want. Um, you know, of course, the only rule, written rule now about sexual expression in America is consent. And so we deal with all kinds of rape situations uh, because, again, sex has been uh, approved outside of the bounds of marriage. So premarital sex, cohabitation, homosexuality, uh, adultery, um, you know, just every kind of deviant sexual behavior you can imagine. They were even encouraging uh, bestiality, sex with animals. Um, I mean, just wicked because here, here's the thing, you know, we, ideas of consequences. Kinsey believed he was an evolutionist. Uh, he believed that there was no fundamental difference between the sexual behavior of animals and the sexual behavior of human beings. And so if you saw something in the animal world, uh, then it must therefore be okay in the world of humans. Uh, again, many people embraced evolution because it was a form of liberation from any kind of godly morality. Yep. Uh, it wasn't that it was true. It was because it removed God from the equation and it allowed people to live out the the carnal desires, the, the, the deviant desires of their wicked fallen hearts. And you read, again, when you read about all this in the scripture, Romans chapter one, you, um, you get rid of guilt and shame. You, you scar your conscience to say that voice of the conscience that says, uh, you probably shouldn't be doing that. Or, or you really hurt somebody, or you really made a mistake, or you really, you shouldn't abandon your family and just go off and have an affair or whatever. You scar that voice enough. Yep. And, and, but no, where the haunting voice uh, peppering you with truth, you, you have an ideology that says, you know what? You should be liberated from that. That's what leads to true liberation for you to go be free and do whatever you want. Leave your family. You're just being your true self. Yep. You know, leave your responsibility, leave your kids, leave your wife. You know, yep. I want to go and just be me. And that's the stuff that, like, I'm, like I can't. You, to create ideology so that that guy can fulfill his desire without zero guilt. That's basically, yeah. I mean, the, the fruition of what, this this worldview, this and religion. What yeah. we should be sick of is is we have we have Hollywood and uh, uh, the news media uh, and entertainment industry and pop culture that promotes basically uh, Alfred Kinsey's sexual revolution. Uh, we celebrate it, uh, and we encourage our young people to jump in and, and live free. <laughs> then we deal with the fallout. We deal with kids that are committing suicide. They're dealing with all kinds of uh, crazy uh, gender identity issues. We got young, young people that are being sexually abused, like we just saw out in Virginia. We saw people dealing and dabbling with homosexuality, with lesbianism, with bisexuality. As you said, well, these are, this is not just a biological act. This is two people made in the image of God coming together sexually in, in, 
inappropriate ways. You cannot do that without having tremendous casualties. We have teen pregnancy with the number one result um, uh, solution in our culture, culture's mind being uh, abortion on demand. And so now we're slaughtering the next generation. And, and, and it's just this perpetual cycle. So what does the government do? The government steps in with their ideology for solving these problems and, and, and make it clear, you know, that, that a, a secular public education very clearly wants to shape and mold uh, the children to be the citizens of the future, which includes embracing all of this false ideology. Yeah. That's why many of our <laughs> liberal cities, uh, urban areas have Planned Parenthoods right in the school systems, providing abortion and birth control for kids right in our school systems. Uh, we should be outraged at this kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think the question we need to ask ourselves is, has this produced the best life? Has this produced, with the, with the technological, te technological advancement we have, with the economy we have, with the system and process we create through different business, has the sexual revolution produced a better life? That's an objective question we need to ask ourselves. So when we're talking in public arenas, we need to stop walking in there with our tail between our legs like we're somehow embarrassed about the Bible or embarrassed about Christian morality uh, or that we have to somehow couch our language and social studies or something that's more acceptable. Nonsense. You know, stand up for the truth. Believe what God says. Be prophetic. Declare the word of the Lord. Challenge people with just what Pastor Andrew said. Look at the fruit of your despicable lifestyle. We should be angry about what's happening in our country. We should be angry about uh, the, the fruit of this in our young people. We should be angry that we have educators who are trying to hide this from parents and who somehow think that our children belong to them. It's time for accountability. It's time to take back our schools. It's time to take back our government. It's time to take back the public arena. Will there be pushback? Absolutely. This, this idol... And this stronghold of sexual perversion is so massive in America that I can promise you, you know, I just had this thought today. When you're looking through the Bible and you're watching all the deliverers, you know, it, God raised up this person. They took down all the Baals, right? They took down all the Asherah poles. But it says over and over again that they didn't quite finish it all. In other words, they, they didn't quite deal with the complete reformation. And I had this thought this morning. <coughs> I can understand now why. Because every time you go after these demonic strongholds, there is incredible pushback. That's why I applaud everybody who was a part of this program. I, I applaud everybody who was making a voice and making a stand because this is not easy. And we need the Lord and we need each other. And we really need to rally together for such a time as this uh, to reclaim not only our state and our local communities, but our nation for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe we can do it, but it will not come without a fight. And we will not be able to do it in the uh, unless we have the power of the Holy Spirit. We certainly can't do it in the power of our own strength. But I encourage you, spread this podcast far and wide. I think we've filled up enough time for today's episode. Yeah. Um, spread this podcast far and wide. Help us get the word out um, and uh, and contact us because we, we can help contact you with some of these great organizations that we mentioned here uh, on the uh, at the beginning of the program. So any last words from your heart? Yeah. You, got, you have a lovely wife who's getting ready to bring child number four into yeah. the Ming family yeah. so hey you'd be praying for pastor praying, andrew and his lovely wife Debbie. Come soon. i think you know if you if you talk about sex in you know public arena or education whatever you recognize that sex is sacred and i think we can we we acknowledge that sex is sacred yeah 
And I think we, I have no problem talking about the sacredness of sex, but the confines of what that means is completely different. The context is completely different. Yeah. Sex is sacred to the world means that you can't criticize it. You can't talk about it. You can't uh, judge people. You can't make any judgment about it. At least you be judged and all these different things. But to us, sex is sacred is saying this is a great gift from yeah. God. So yeah. who really treasures sex more? Yeah. Who really treasures? Who says, you know what, just do whatever with it. You can't criticize whatever. Or, or for us Christians who truly see this as a gift from God. Yeah. And then we, when it's a precious gift, we treasure it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a distinction we have to, we have to make very well, that's clearly. Good. Too. That's good. So, Father, we just pray. Help us to recover these precious things that you've given to us that the world just perverts, exploits, tramples, uh, treats with, with zero respect or dignity. Uh, and Lord, we ask you, even our own lives, help us, Lord, to live lives of purity, uh, to love you, to love people, and Lord, to guard ourselves, guard our own hearts from uh, the wickedness and the temptations that are out all around us today. Help us in this area of sexuality to model the beauty and the purity in which you created. And Lord, help us to show to a watching world that your way is the best way. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for watching today. We hope you'll join us next week.